Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Well, good to see everybody. We're fresh off our Midwest tour, right, Steph? We visited some good friends out in the Midwest, in Chicago, and out in Iowa, and uh, Midwest is doing well, doing good, right? First time to Chicago. Mike, it was pretty amazing. Mike's from, from there. Yeah, it was, it was wild. So in, in our journeys and in, in all the driving we did, we, we drove probably, I don't know, man, we drove probably about 30 plus hours, didn't we? So, so a lot of driving. So I had time to think, had time to process about today uh, and uh, what, uh, what God might have us uh, talk about today. So, so I feel like he was directing me towards, towards growth. So our growth is believers, our growth is sons and daughters of God, spiritual maturity, what that looks like. And I feel like he gave me two short phrases that would be the basis of pretty much everything today. So I'll write them out here, get started with this. So, so these are the two phrases that I feel like God gave me. He gave me this one. Hopefully this works. about that, huh? So perfect is not the goal, and we're we're talking in terms of our growth, right? Spiritual maturity. Perfect is not the goal. Love is the goal, right? So perfect, so I, you know, we we don't get answers unless we ask questions, so I said, Father, okay, perfect, what are we we talking about with perfect, right? That word. So I feel like I was saying, you know, perfect in the sense of, you know, we get 10 out of 10 on that quiz, right? Or we get 100% on that exam. Uh, Or, you know, we write in our book, which just obviously didn't happen, but writing our book that we would have no grammatical errors, right? Be perfect, right? No mistakes. So I felt like God was saying that when we're talking in terms of perfect, that's, that's what he was, that's what he was saying to me. And uh, you know, but perfect isn't the goal, right? Love is the goal. Perfection isn't the goal. Not making any mistakes isn't the goal. Not, not trying, right, to, to reach out. Not trying to do things isn't the goal, right? Love is the goal. And I, I was thinking in terms of, of that with perfection, because perfection in the natural, like to get that 100% of the exam or get that 10 out of 10 on a quiz or whatever it is, you know, to do that, we pursue what? We pursue method. We pursue te- technique. We pursue more and more knowledge, right? And that's what we do to, to achieve that perfection, right? But we're not called, as, as sons and daughters of God, we're not called to method. We're called to live in faith, right? We're not called to, you know, the way of the world in the sense of method is A plus B gives you C, Right? I mean, we're called to faith, which is one, our one, plus God's one gives you a million, right? 
That's the kingdom way, right? That's the kingdom uh, method. That's the, the way of God, right? That's what we're called to. And so I was thinking of that a little bit more, perfection, you know, the way of the world versus kingdom. And I feel like God took me to, to Matthew 10. Matthew 10, talking about the, uh, you know, the disciples being sent out by Jesus, the 12. And, you know, when he sent them out, of course, he sent them out in what? In his authority, right? They were sent out in authority. Uh, but, but, you know, as far as what else they were sent out in, uh, it, it couldn't necessarily be method, right? Because, I mean, G- here's Jesus, right? I can just see the, the guys as he's sending them out scratching their heads because they're like, how are we supposed to minister this, right? Because here's Jesus. He heals from a distance. He heals with a word. He touches. He doesn't touch. He spits in someone's eye or whatever, you know? I mean, all kinds of crazy things. He's doing different things all the time. To, to see the kingdom move, to bring restoration, to bring healing to individuals. And so I could just see Peter, you know, he's, whoever he's paired up with, because with, um, he paired him up, right? So Peter, whoever he's paired up to, Matthew, maybe, you know, Matt, you got this? Because, you know, I, I don't know method-wise what we're doing here, because uh, Jesus is doing it different all the, every time. So, I, you know, he couldn't have sent them out in method, right? He sent them out in, I believe, obviously his authority, but he sent them out in what? In perspective, a new perspective, a new perspective of the love of the Father for them and a love of the Father for his people and for just the people of the world. He sent them out in that. He sent them out in that new perspective, right? Of the love of the Father, knowing the love of the Father, moving in the love and mercy of him and God. And that's what he sent them in, right? He didn't send them in method. He didn't send them in, do this, do A plus B, and you'll get C, right? He didn't send them in that. He, he could not, because again, he's, he's moving different all the time, right? Whoa. He's, uh, okay, that's interesting. He's moving, he's moving differently all the time and how he was praying, how he was healing people. So, you know, method is not the way. Love is the way, right? Perfection is not the way. Love is the way. So what I want to turn to now is if y'all can turn to or flip to or scroll to uh, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. We're going to look at that together. And I, you know, with, with being sent out in method and everything, I had my own little journey with that as far as when, when we were at ministry school, we were in North Carolina. Uh, you know, if you can get the 1 Corinthians 13 one, we'll, we'll get there in a moment. But we were in ministry school in North Carolina, and I, I felt like God was saying to me, move into healing, go after healing, pursue healing. I had never done anything with healing before. So naturally, me thinking in terms of not necessarily kingdom, but the way of the world, right? I'm going to get every book I can get, see every video. I'm getting my methods down, right? You know what I'm saying? Techniques, I'm getting all that down. And you know, I'm doing all that, I'm pursuing all that, and I'm seeing pretty much nothing. <laughs> I'm not seeing anybody get healed. And so I felt like uh, it was one of those, I'm pursuing it, I'm doing it, what am I, you know, what, what am I saying or not saying or doing or not doing? And I felt like I had that little Holy Ghost tap on the shoulder, finally. <laughs> thank, thank God. A little mercy there. Thank you, God. Uh, and so, so he says to me, how about we move just in my compassion? How about we move in my love and mercy for people? 
right? And then he takes me into the scriptures. He takes me in the gospels. And where it says over and over again, Jesus, what move was moved with? Compassion, right? Move with compassion for the people. They were like a, uh, you know, sheep without a shepherd, so forth and so on. He takes me to those passages and says, how about we just move in my love and mercy and compassion towards people and stop focusing so much on you got the words right and what I'm saying and not saying and doing and uh, start seeing people healed. Yeah. Praise God. So, so, you know, at that point, and, and again, it's not that knowledge is wrong or, you know, some, we, we want knowledge. No, I'm not speaking against knowledge, but, but I was just ex- obsessively concerned with getting everything right, being 100% correct in everything I was saying to somebody that I wanted to pray for or, or how I was doing it, uh, whatever. And, and it, wasn't, it wasn't the heart of the Father, right? It wasn't his love and compassion that I was moving in. It was, it was more of, let me get the methods right, right? Let me get the, my techniques down, my knowledge down. And the formula, exactly, exactly. And so, so that's my own uh, you know, experience with that. I'm sure the disciples, when Jesus sent them out, Matthew 10, Luke 10, they had their own version of that, right? But, but they had Jesus who was doing it all different ways. They couldn't rely on, on that. Uh, and they didn't have YouTube at that time, so they couldn't, they, couldn't look at, uh, they couldn't look at all those neat videos that I looked at. So anyway, all right, so let's go to 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. And we're going to see what, what Paul has to say about love a little bit here. All right, so, so 1 Corinthians 13, 1, we're going to read, we're going to read a couple verses here. So if uh, you can keep pace with me back there, we're going to do one through three. All right, we're going to go for the whole thing. So, so let's start in verse one. So if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And... If I have prophetic powers, understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And if I give away all I have and if I deliver every, up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. Wow. So, so in essence... If I can boil these three verses down to something, using air quotes here, success, right? Success in the kingdom. I feel like what Paul is saying here in these three verses, success in the kingdom, it ain't what success looks like in the world, right? And that's the beauty of God. That's the beauty of the kingdom. That when we step out and do things and we do them in a heart of love, we don't have to get everything right. I, I mean, I think you could read these verses. I think you could read almost the opposite and be true. If I, if I have no prophetic powers and understand hardly any mysteries, and I don't have all knowledge, and I have a little bit of faith so as to remove maybe some small little hills, but I have love, I have everything, right? Maybe we could read it that way, right? Instead of, I mean, obviously, this is, has value, but, but that, that other way t- is good, too. I'm going to say something, too, that I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going I'm to say some, I feel like, Holy Ghost anointed alliteration here, if you bear with me. So it's not always, I feel like in the kingdom, it's not always about the fruit that's grown 
It's about the love that's sown. How about that? Huh? I'm a prophetic. Come on, prophetic workshops? We're going to do poetic workshops. Huh? I don't know. It's by faith, by faith. Um, but how about that, huh? It's not always about the fruit that's grown. It's about the love that's sown, right? It's about the love that's sown into hearts around you, people you encounter. Um, I've been reading a lot about the, the, the vineyard movement. I don't know how much you all know about the vineyard movement, uh, vineyard churches, John Wimber, awesome man of God. I know, I just felt led lately to read a lot about him. And they were doing, this one testimony just blew me away because it really, I feel like it really speaks to this principle. Uh, they were going, so, so they were growing rapidly. They're doing great in, in California. And they got an invitation to go internationally for the first time. So they went to England. And so here's the big first international trip. Like John's preaching, he's preaching about healing. He's in this conservative, I think it was even Anglican church in England. They didn't know anything from healing. They had never really experienced anything before about healing. Uh, and here's John preaching it, teaching it, going after it, right? And so he's inviting people up. Hey, you need prayer for healing. You need prayer for anything going on in your body right now. Now's the time coming up. And so this woman came up, and John wasn't the one praying for him. He had a team of people ministering. Uh, and so this woman came up. It was kind of loud in there. And she, she stated to him what she needed healing for. So she needed healing. And so he prayed for her, prayed for her, um, arthritis, prayed for arthritis to be uh, destroyed in her body, arthritis to be gone, right? And so he does that. And then turns to her and she goes, oh my gosh, thank you for praying. My left eye is healed. It, he heard totally wrong. It wasn't arthritis that she needed healed. It was her left eye. She was like, I think, almost blind in her left eye. But here he is praying for arthritis, not what she needed. That was fine. She needed healing in her left eye. And guess what? God must not have heard that arthritis prayer because he healed her left eye, right? So he, here he is, not necessarily moving in everything right, doing the right thing, but moving in a heart of compassion, a heart of love. And God, God moves on the situation as he's faithful to do. So, so that's it, right? That's what it looks like in the kingdom. That's the blessing of the kingdom, that we can experience, that we can pursue as we pursue knowing him more, knowing his love more, and moving in his love, right? That's the beauty of the kingdom. The way of the world is, is, you know, you, you do things right. You know, it, it, the way of the world is, man, there's no way you're going to get success out of that or, or whatever we consider success because you have to do the right thing and you have to get the fruit out of it. And if you don't, everything's a complete failure, right? Everything's a waste of time. But the kingdom way, which is so amazing, so beautiful, is like that guy praying for arthritis and seeing the woman's left eye healed, which is what she needed. The beauty of the kingdom is, is he just moves in a heart of love for the woman. He sees the value of her, that God's love for her. He wants to bring healing, restoration to her. And God moves. God moves in this situation, even though he makes mistakes, even though he prays the wrong thing, God's faithful to move. That is amazing. That is the kingdom. 
That's the God we serve. That's the kingdom value in the sense of love that is sown. That's everything, right? Love is the goal, not perfection, not making no mistakes, not getting everything right, not when I was trying to move in healing and getting all my techniques right and methods right and what am I praying, what am I not praying right, right? That's the beauty of the kingdom. So from a standpoint of that, there's two things, two more things that I feel like God gave me for us. You know, how do we pursue this, right? Like, how does this come out in our lives? How can we pursue this love more and more in our lives? Like, like practically, right? Because I, I like practical stuff. That's, uh, that's the way I am, you know what I mean? And so, so practically, how does, that, how does that look like? You know, what does that look like in our life? I feel like I got two things. So the first one, to pursue this more and more, I feel like one is... Motive is key, right? Motive is key. The heart that we're doing things in is everything. It's huge. Uh, I mean, for example, uh, you know, like, like me, me praying for somebody. Say, say I got somebody at work that's really like a thorn in my side. I mean, this guy, he's really bugging me, right? And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray it down, all right? Ready, Lord? I'm going to get this. Holy Spirit's going to get this guy. So I'm ready, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm going to pray for him, Lord. Lord, you got you to gotta fix this guy. You got to change him because he's bugging me and I can't do my work. And you know, I need to do my work. I might get fired. But you know, this guy, he's, he's really a mess and he's this and he's that. And God, you got to change him. You got to fix him, right? That prayer is going nowhere, all right? That prayer is like not even hitting the ceiling, right? That prayer is going nowhere because it's, it's coming from a heart of everything's about what? Me. It's selfishness. It, you know, you got to change him because he's bugging me. That's the heart of that prayer, right? Everything's about me, what I want, my selfishness, my needs. Motive is key in this sense. This is a phrase I feel like will help you with this as far as motive. Love never loses sight of destiny, right? In another person. If you keep that in your heart, love never loses sight of destiny in another human being. If you keep that in your heart, you can be effective. You can move more and more in the love of God in your prayers and in other things. So then my prayer can switch. If I have that in mind of, Lord, this guy, you know, I know you got such an amazing destiny for him. I, I even feel like you're saying he, it could be an evangelist because, you know, when he speaks, there's grace on him to, for people to pay attention to what he says. Lord, more and more and more, I, know, I sense your grace at work within him, your Holy Spirit and in him to bring him to the knowledge of truth, which is your heart, your love for him. Amen, right? So that makes it about what? That makes it about him makes it about his destiny, makes it about what God wants to do and bring him to, right, in his life, as opposed to change him, God, because he's bugging me, <laughs> right? Which, that's not really anointed, just saying. So, so yeah, so, so motive against, in, in correcting someone, you know, or, or like bringing uh, correction to someone, you know, in the sense of, uh, you know, you got to stop because it's irritating me as opposed to, hey, you're more than this, you know? I know who you are in Jesus. I know your destiny in Jesus. You're more 
than what you're giving yourself to in this, right? You're more than this. I see you. I see you. I've seen you operate. I've seen who you are, who God formed you to be, and, and you're more than this, right? That's kingdom correction or confrontation or whatever we want to call it. That's kingdom as opposed to just irritating me. Yep. We're a Lord. Here we go. Correction. You got, be gentle. Be kingdom. It's on. Isn't it on? And in the, well, and in the prophetic, like when we would go out, and I just feel like God wants me to put that out there, is we don't need to know if somebody's saved or not. You just need to speak the love of the Father to them because they're all, we're all called to destiny in Christ. So that, that speaking that, that even praying, like you're praying for somebody at work, you may not know if they know the Lord or not right? But, but you can still speak destiny into them because God is calling them, and it can be a seed planted. So I think that's sometimes where we kind of get messed up is like, do I need, I need to know where their walk is and what they're... No, we don't need to know. He knows, and we only need to say what he's saying to them. Amen. And it could be something that he has been trying to reach them with. And all of a sudden, you come out of this place and say, God is saying this to you. You know, and that draws them even closer to him. It shows them the goodness of God, the love of God. Come on. Come on. Good stuff. So, yeah, so, it, it, I mean, we don't want to, I, I got the phrase as I was thinking about this part of, of uh, today uh, about motive. I, I got this phrase of we don't want to win the battle and lose the war, right? Right? In a sense of, like, we're in a discussion with someone and we've got to be right. So we've got to be the one to, in a sense, win the argument, right? Losing, losing the battle to, you know, or winning the battle to lose the war type situation. Or like me, you know, I'm out at a restaurant, right? And the, the waiter or waitress, I mean, maybe they're doing okay. Maybe they're not, whatever. Uh, and I'm, you know, or, or maybe they're, they're not serving me in, in a timely fashion or, or maybe they're making some mistakes. <clears throat> and I'm somewhat rude to the, the waiter or waitress, but I leave a big tip. Well, I mean, in a sense, the, the waiter or waitress benefits from that, but is there really a seed that was sown long-term? Like thinking long-term, thinking destiny, thinking seeds of love, what was sown versus just fruit, right? There's, there's, I'm losing the war in that situation, right? I'm, I mean, winning the battle, maybe in a sense of she gets that nice tip and that benefits her somewhat, but... But she walks away, especially if she knows I'm a believer, with that encounter of, mm, I don't know, no thanks, Christianity, right? I don't, I want, I don't want that. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's reality. I, you know, and, and I re was reminded, too, of, with this topic of motive is key, with, with Joseph and I, when we, uh, I know Katie announced about the flea market, Joseph and I, when we were at, where is Joseph? Oh, there he is, over there. You're normally over here, aren't you? I'm looking for you over here. You're throwing me off. Um, so Joseph and I, so we were at the flea market, right? And so we were, we encountered that couple, uh, from I think Honduras, right? Or a Spanish couple. Yeah. Joseph said, let's go talk to them. And so here I am, I know a little bit of Spanish. We were in Peru for a couple years, but it's been a little while and I'm sputtering through my Spanish, you know, trying to do something. And she's the, you know, the woman of the couples correcting me over and over again, cause I'm getting it wrong. And, uh, cool. Uh, and here we're praying. We're praying for a husband, for his knees. He's got this huge knee brace on. 
not a lot happening there. Uh, you know, talking to them, sharing a little bit about Jesus, what we're doing there. And so we're not, you know, it, like in a world's fashion, I wouldn't say that we were being overly maybe effective, okay? <laughs> All right, it wasn't going maybe the best. But, but we were moving in, in the love of the Father, at least as best we knew how, right? And so they picked up on that. She picked up on that. And so she jumps up. And so she's going to take us around and introduce us to a whole bunch of other vendors. And they need to, to hear what you're saying. They need to be prayed for by you, so forth and so on. So in a sense, we didn't get much right in, when we were doing that. And in the world you know, of, of just natural observation and uh, in the sense of uh, you know, the world standards, but we were, mo- we were moving in the love of the Father, right? And so there was fruit from it. You know, she responded. Uh, she was moved to, to take us around. She saw the heart of God and what we were pursuing, and she wanted others to encounter it. And so it was a win. It was a win. Even though, hey, you know, my Spanish, you know, not so good. Yeah, no super bueno for me on the, on the Spanish <laughs> that day. But hey, it will get better in Jesus' name. Come on. So, so again, so motive is key. So that's number one. So the so second one, second and final, I feel like, is how we respond. How we respond in times of stress being squeezed, right? Um, I got another one for you, all right? Another, another alliteration. You all ready? This, this is from God. This isn't me, man. I, I was just preparing this. It's not always how well you do. It's how well you go through. Right? All right? You hear me? Pretty good. I like it. I like it. I'm chuckling inside. Anyway, so think, of, think in terms of Paul and Silas. Okay? Paul and Silas... Here they are, they're, they're in Philippi, you know, Lydia and her household's getting saved, they're preaching, and all of a sudden this, this persecution comes upon them unfairly, right? And then they get beaten really, really bad, unfairly, and then they get put in prison, unfairly. Anybody? I'm pointing to you, Jazz, but it's all, it's all good. Anybody? Unfairly, right? So here they are doing the work of God, trying to pour out the love of the Father, bless people, and they're in chains, they're in prison, they're beaten up, a mess, and what do they do? Well, they decide, well, we're just going to worship and praise God anyway, right? That's what they decide to do. And so that's how they choose to respond, and that's how they choose to go through it. And so in doing that, Obviously, you know, a lot of us know the story. God brings the earthquake, chains fall off, prison doors open. But in that moment, what were Paul and Silas's thoughts towards the people who, who held them captive, their jailer, right? What were their thoughts? So, so it wasn't right. It wasn't, hey, God moved, earthquake happened, chains are off, prison doors open, let's get out of here, right? It wasn't that. It was, hey, this jailer... If we all escape, because that was the custom back then, if we all escape, he's going to die. He's going to be put to death if we all run out of here. 
And he was getting ready to, uh, Scripture says, run himself through with a sword because he thought they all had run out of there and he knew what was ahead of them, right? So their thought wasn't of God's made a way of escape, let's go. Their thought was this guy's salvation, this guy's life is at stake here if we just run out of here. And so we're going to take a moment and we're going to cry out to him and we're going to tell him, don't take your own life. We're here. It's okay. Now, the jailer and his household came to the Lord. Now, what, I don't know. I mean, we don't really know from, from the passage, you know, was it the dramatic earthquake, right, that really moved him? Or was it them praying and, and worshiping God in their jail cell in the midst of all this persecution coming against them, even though they were all beat up and bust up? Or was it the love that they showed him Instead of running out of the jail and their, their chains when they, when they burst open, right? Right? We don't know what was the, the one thing or was it all of them combined. I think it was really all of them, but I really think it was that last thing of, because think in terms of the way of the world. If any, in the natural, our chains uh, break open, we, there's an earthquake, the, ch- the, the prison gates open, everybody else that was in that prison was going to be gone, right? They were going to take that, mo- that opportunity to flee, get out of there, we're gone, right? But Paul and Silas, they didn't do that. And so I really think that that sign of the love of God towards them, towards the jailer, towards their captors, I really, in my heart, feel like that was, the, that was what pushed him over into salvation, saying, what must I do to be saved? Because that was really the, the next thing he said after they said, we're here. It, it's the love. It's the, it's the love, right? How are we responding in the midst of being squeezed? I, I remember being in a job. I, uh, it, was, I, yeah, it was when we were, we were at um, ministry school again in North Carolina. And so I was at this job. It was a tech company. They, very secular environment, they didn't want to hear about no Jesus. I mean, they knew I was going to ministry school, but, you know, like, like I would talk, there was one other guy there who was a worship leader at another church, and we would talk about Jesus a little bit at my desk, but people would be shouting us down, saying, shut up and take it outside. Uh, there was this one time somebody put, I think, I think, I don't know who it was, maybe a clean person, I don't know, but somebody put uh, just a small track Christian track on somebody's desk like in the night and they came in in the morning and saw it and so there was a big dust up my boss talks to me because again he knows I'm going to to you know ministry school don't be talking about Jesus don't be letting people's tracks I was like I didn't do it which I didn't do it and he's like don't be doing it he sent a big email out to the whole company don't be talking about you know things of faith and I was like okay whatever so this I mean I wasn't beat up obviously thank God like Paul and Silas but in the sense of persecution in the sense of uh, you know being squeezed a little bit I was and and so I'm thinking like okay you know shining in this kind of environment talking about Jesus in this kind of environment this is pretty challenging right so you know go along fast forward a little bit of time uh, trying to do an excellent job there uh, and I was in the lobby. We had, a, we had this big lobby uh, that our offices, some of the offices, there was big windows and they overlooked the lobby. But I was in the lobby one day and <clears throat> I, saw, I saw these keys just sitting there on a, on a table and uh, like a little sitting area. 
And so I see the keys. I'm like, well, I don't want to just leave the keys there. Uh, I feel like I should try to do something. So I, I pick up the keys, uh, asking some other people that were a little bit further away, uh, you know, did you lose keys? Nobody lost keys. So it probably took me, I don't know, maybe about 15, 20 minutes just to ask a few people, go around. Finally, found the, I was looking for the security officer, found him, gave him the keys. It took me about 15, 20 minutes. So, so did that and then walked back into my desk, sat down. I sat down maybe 30 seconds, my phone rings. And it's the marketing, ma marketing manager at our company. And she's like, hey, can you come in here? I want to talk to you about something real quick. So I go in there, right? So I go in and, uh, and she said, hey, I, I, my window, my office overlooks the lobby. I saw you out there like walking around and, and what, you know, with these keys or whatever, as she saw, I picked up the keys. She said, what were you doing out there? And I said, well, you know, I just saw these keys. I just didn't want to, I just didn't want to leave them sit there. Somebody else might have picked them up. I mean, who knows, right? So I wanted to see if I could find the person I belonged to or, or give them security, which I gave them security. And so she was kind of like, what? why would you do that, right? Why would you go through all this trouble to do that? And so I'm like, Lord, in my mind, I'm thinking this, Lord, she's opening the door, right? I didn't, I didn't bring this up, okay? She brought it up. So, so I said, well, you know, I, it's really Jesus. I, I mean, I, I, I feel like I'm changed in days past. I probably wouldn't give it a second thought, but now, even though it's a little thing, I feel like Jesus has changed me some to maybe be more aware, be more, uh, you know, uh, open and compassionate to things like this, even though it's a little thing, and, you know, and, and try to do what I did. And so she was kind of like, wow, I never really thought of it that way. And so we, we got into, I don't know, it's probably a half hour, 40 minute conversation in her office about Jesus, about things of faith, why I think the way I do, everything else. Um, I like to say she got saved in that moment, but she didn't, but definitely a ton of good seed was sown in her life. And so that, again, you know, how we respond, right? So, so and, and how we respond when people, even we don't think are watching, they really are paying attention, right, to how we're responding, to what, how we're responding to pressure, to, to, in a sense, persecution, to being squeezed. They're paying attention. And so that was, that was just a blessing of God. And then, you know, after that, I don't know, things seemed to get a little bit, a little bit easier there. I was able to pray for some people and, and, and I don't know, just, just the atmosphere shifting a little bit there. So, uh, so that was a blessing. That was a blessing there. One more story about, about the responding, about how we choose to respond. And I think it really goes into to everything, this story. It's, it's how we respond when we're squeezed. It's our motive. It's, it's perfect isn't the goal, loves the goal. I think this story encompasses all of it. So that's why I wanted to tell it. But I don't know if anybody's ever heard of a guy named R. Katz. Has anybody heard of a guy named R. Katz? Jewish background believer, really, really amazing guy. Uh, really sharp, really smart guy. Okay, so this guy, R. Katz, um, he came out, he came out of, good word, brother. He came out of, <laughs> he came out of a real, real strong intellectual background. And this guy was, he was sharp, okay? Um, and intellectual background, he gets saved. So, so God starts moving on Art's heart to, 
to reach out to the same community, the intellectual community that he came out, in a sense, that he got saved out of, uh, uh, even though he was still somewhat in it uh, at that point, I believe. But, but God opened the door, right? So it was on his heart, hey, the love of the Father for these people. Again, love, never loses sight of destiny. God, you've got destiny for all these people. Uh, you know, they're pursuing the ways of the world. They're pursuing intellect as, as their God, but, but you are their God and you have more for them and you have destiny for them. So that was his heart. And so he, he prayed about it and wanted to do uh, forums in universities, kind of open air forums, answer questions. I don't know if he really did, I don't think he did too much debate forum, but it was more of an open forum and would answer questions of, of people uh, in the congre congregation, audience, <laughs> it wasn't congregation, that's for sure, uh, in the audience. And so, so he was doing that. <clears throat> so he's doing that, going okay. So he went to this one university uh, one time after doing that for a little bit. And it was, it was a you know, good university, but it wasn't like when it, what would you would say a top university. What would you say would be a, you know, the, the, the creme de la creme, right? It was a good university, but not like Ivy League or anything. And so, so he goes to this university, and of all the times he's done it so far, goes amazing, right? Some people get saved. People are engaged. Everything's, you know, God's flowing. Things are going good, right? Really good. And so he comes out of that, man. He's on a high, right? He's like, man, we've we got momentum now. We're going, God. We're, we're going to get all of them, right? And so that's, that's his thinking. And soon after that, <clears throat> he gets a call to do a forum at the Ivy League, right? Uh, I can't remember which school exactly, but it was Ivy League school, okay? So he's like, here we go. You know, I was in like maybe double A baseball, but I'm going to major leagues now. We're going... We're going up there, God. We're going to the show. We're going, we're going, to, we're going to take this. I've got momentum from the last time, and, and it's going to go great, and you're going, to, you're going to move on people's hearts. And so he's just, he's just trusting in God for that, all of that, right? So day comes. He goes to the, to the forum. He goes to, to do the, the talk, and it goes horrible. Go, the worst it's ever gone. Of all the talks he's done so far at any university, it goes terrible the worst all the you know very hostile all the questions are hostile you know everything as bad as it can go it goes that way uh technical problems i think even he had i mean just everything everything was going wrong everything was bad and so that was it right so he comes out of that and he goes okay god well i guess we're not doing that anymore right we're not pursuing this anymore we're not gonna we're not gonna do these forms anymore and so he is he's low He's real low, and he's kind of sulking around his place, his apartment for a couple weeks, and, and I think it was after about a couple weeks, he gets a phone call from a woman, and she's like, hey, um, I heard about you. I'm, I'm not a believer, but, you know, I don't know. I feel like uh, there's something to this, and I think she was even Jewish background as well, uh, and so uh, starts talking to him about Christianity, his faith, so forth and so on. Uh, he said, she says, can you meet up? He agrees to meet up. And, and so finally they, they meet up and talks to her about his faith, talks about Christianity, even though he didn't really want to. He even says, like, in this story, he did not want to meet with this woman, right? He was at a low place after that forum, right, going bad. But he met with her, and, uh, you know, after a couple times, she, 
she gets born again. She gets saved. Amazing, right? And so up to that point in time, he didn't know in a sense, really, he didn't, he didn't dig too deep of like, where, where did you know of me or where did you hear of me or anything like that, right? So he asked her, and she gets saved. He asked her, okay, well, you know, I never really heard, like, I know you called me up, but where did you get my name or where did you hear about me? And she said, well, um, my son, uh, he goes to this such and such Ivy League school. And it was the school that he bombed at, okay? And she said, yeah, he, he goes to this school and he heard about your forum and uh, he's not a believer yet, like me now. Uh, I'm praying that he will be, but he was at your talk there. And so he's thinking like, what? He was at the talk. And she said, yeah, he was at the talk. And, uh, and uh, what, it, what really struck him was, was you, everything was going bad. He could see that you were struggling. Uh, people were very hostile with their comments and questions toward you, all of that. Everything was going bad. But he noticed how you handled yourself in the midst of all that, that you handled yourself with grace towards the people that were, were really coming at you hostile, uh, you know, and all those harsh comments. You were responding in grace. You were responding in really in, in a heart of compassion towards them, even though they were coming at you so, so hard and everything was going bad. And he walked away from that meeting thinking, wow, I don't, you know, again, he's not saved yet, but again, thinking, wow, there's something to this maybe. And, and he knew that I, this is the woman speaking, he knew I was somewhat seeking, that God was uh, maybe speaking to me a little bit. And so, that's why he reached out to me. That's why he recommended me to get with you to talk about your faith, to talk about Christianity, to talk about what you believe. But everything went wrong, right? But everything went wrong that he did. But again, what? Perfect is not the goal. Love is the goal, right? Motive is key. The heart we're doing it in. How we respond. We're getting squeezed. We're getting stressed but we respond in love. We respond in the compassion of the Father, right? That's what it's about. If we do that, then we don't have to worry about getting everything right. We can be like that guy that prays for the woman with arthritis and see her left eye healed, even though we get it wrong, right? Because we're moving in a heart of love, right? 1 Corinthians 13 says what? It says later on in the chapter, we've read the first three verses, but later on it says what? It says love never fails. It doesn't say not making a mistake never fails. It doesn't say knowing the perfect theology and having all that worked out never fails. It doesn't say we pray for the wrong thing and it, or the right thing and it never fails, right? It says love, love, love never fails. If we move in that heart of love, then we can sow. Then we can see good things. Then we can see hearts change. In our families, in our communities, everywhere. We can see it if we move in that love and in that spirit. We've seen it over and over again. We've seen it at the flea market. Moving upon people. We're getting words of knowledge wrong. We're praying for healing for them. Not much is happening in the moment. I'm trusting God that... that He's moving, you know, even we're not going to let go of our faith. You know, we'll trust he's moving. But in the moment, we're not seeing a lot, right, sometimes. 
but I'm trusting in him and, and we're moving in his love. We're moving in his compassion. And like Joseph and I saw with that couple and, and, and I know a number of you who've been going out with us at the market, we're seeing God move because we're moving in the love of the Father, even though, man, we don't have all the answers. You know what I mean? We don't have every answer to every question we're getting at the flea market or every person that comes to us having everything worked out for them. We don't have it all, but we have the love of the Father. We can give you the love of the Father. We can, you know, we're out here, you know, that's one of the things we talked about when we first went out there about uh, Isaiah 58, right? This is the fast I choose, right? God's saying, we're fasting time. Laura and I talked about that. We're, t- we're fasting time. We're fasting time. We could do so many other things, but we're there. And we're here for you, like talking to that person at the flea market because the love of Jesus for you. And that's why we're here. And when we do that, even though, again, we're not getting everything right, don't know everything, we're seeing God move mightily. And we can see it too. Amen. There's value in them, there's, and there's immense value in that, in doing that, and moving in the love of the Father. And so, that's it. That's it. It's, love is the goal. Love is the goal, not perfection. Don't worry. That's, that's the one thing I felt like God was saying to me today. Freedom from perfectionism for all of us today. Freedom from method, right? Freedom from those things and pursuing love, knowing love more and more. And that being our motive, that's how we're responding. That's what we're in. And if we're in that, God can work with that. God does great things, all right? So if the worship team wants to come up, let's, uh, let's pray. Pray over you guys. Everybody wants to uh, jump up, stand up. I'm going to pray over y'all. Let's, let's just break this once and for all in our lives Amen. today, right? God wants to do it. Let's do it. Come on. All right, Father. All right. So, Father, thank you for this word today. Thank you for your word, which declares to us love. Your love never fails. So, Father, I just pray over everyone here today, just freedom and release right now for every person here, freedom and release from perfectionism, from the fear of not getting it right, from the fear of making mistakes, and freedom, freedom to move in your love, Father, that never fails, to know your love more and more. Let's pursue that. There's grace. I just released grace upon all of us here today. Your great grace, Father, to know your love more. And if we know your love more, we can love deeper. We can know you deeper and give you away your love more and more and more. And that's what changes things. Not us getting everything right. So freedom and release to all of us today from perfectionism, from methods, from works, and moving forward today, and moving forward from this day, in your love, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. Amen.